Welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the Star Wars podcast of the sciencefictionary.com. I'm Marisha Gore, and with me today is Andrew. Hey, Star Wars fans. Uh, glad you're tuning in for another episode of our podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of new information to talk about or some, some theories and rumors. Uh, not a lot of news, but it's just me and Marisha again tonight. I think we'll probably be without Daniel for the next few weeks, and hopefully after that he'll be back full time. And Robbie is sick this week, so you know, hopefully he gets well soon. Allergy season. We had some stuff this week, and I, I saw some interesting topics on on some other shows, some things on Twitter, and and one of the things I saw brought up was, and and one of the things that's had me thinking is, you know, there's all this talk about ooh, buzzed. There's all this talk about this being the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. This episode nine. Well, because that's what Lucasfilm kind of keeps saying. They, right. They're the ones that kind of keep bringing that buzzword up. Yeah. I mean, the Skywalker saga, I mean, that term's been around for a while, but I don't know in an official capacity when that term began getting used. Mm-hmm. But... We have this, after episode, I never heard Disney use that terminology until just before The Last Jedi came out. And right. then they very specifically, in the lead up to The Last Jedi, began very specifically using the the phrasing, the Skywalker saga. saga. Yes. So the question is, and, and what I've been considering is... Are 7, 8, and 9 really part of the Skywalker saga? I mean, if the Skywalker saga begins with 1, and we have, in episode 6, we have Vader dies, Luke becomes the new Jedi, you know, becomes the, right. the last Jedi. Right. And then we pick up in 7 with, I mean, no Luke. Right. And Leia is Leia's there. She's more but a side character. The Skywalker character, really. saga was not really. I think that they may go the direction where it becomes more about her legacy. But in the in the original trilogy, it's really not about Leia's legacy as no. a Skywalker as much as it is as Luke's and the right. passing of of that torch. Well, I think it's telling for her. I think it would be interesting if if they decided to make her sort of the torchbearer for the Skywalkers because she very deliberately chose not to be a Skywalker. When it became known who she really was, she didn't identify as the smuggler's wife. She didn't identify as the Jedi's daughter. She was Leia Organa. You know, she was who she had always been and she chose to be that person you know she she chose not to be a skywalker first and foremost and she could have made a different decision so for her to be the the torchbearer for the skywalkers would definitely be an interesting decision right so the question is has the new trilogy really carried on as the skywalker saga or has it really been something else entirely where you have some Skywalkers playing some kind of background characters? I mean, you can make the, or you can make that argument about Ben, about, you know, about right. Kylo being a Skywalker. Right. Even though he's a solo. Well, yeah. Well, but you just said, I mean, his mother yeah. like refuses the name Skywalker. Yeah. So, you know, you've got that whole thing. I mean, clearly he followed in Luke's footsteps and then Vader's. Right. So he kind of went backwards with that. So, and I, I still don't like the idea. I don't buy the idea, even though it's it's sort of Shakespearean in, in that, and then the idea of the Skywalker's saga ending as the bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if the the arc of the first six movies is truly about Anakin's redemption, redemption, his fall and then his redemption, because then it's like almost like throwing that out the window. And that doesn't matter because we've got the new bad Skywalker. Right. Hmm. So, you know, though, I feel like 
just like I feel like in some ways I'm reserving judgment on exactly how I feel about The Last Jedi until I see how they finish the story, I feel like in some ways I'm not going to say that this is or is not a a Skywalker story until I see what they do in episode nine. And honestly, I feel like at, at this juncture, they could really take it any direct, you know, they could take it any direction. And although there are still things that I will still love about the uh, about seven and eight, until we see how they tie the story up, it's it's kind of hard to make a judgment on whether or not it's a Skywalker story. We still don't know. Uh, there's a lot that there's so much we still don't know. And there are so many questions that have been raised and haven't been answered. True. And we still don't know the full capacity of Luke's involvement right. in this final chapter. I mean, is he just going to be like Ben and just sort of sit, you know, on the sidelines and whisper a, an occasional helpful phrase and show up to, you know, be a philosopher every once in a while? Or is there going to be something more significant? Are we going to see other Skywalker characters as Forrest Ghost. I mean, are we going to see Anakin or even Leia show up? So I guess the real question is going into episode nine so far, like I look at seven and eight and I go, I don't, it doesn't feel like a natural continuation of the Skywalker saga. Right. Not entirely. Like there's elements there. Right. And depending on what they do with nine, it may make you look back at seven and eight and go, okay, the story was there all along. And I just didn't fully realize what all was in play. But looking at seven and eight, what would really have to happen in nine for you to go, okay, this really is, even if you're not saying the last chapter of the Skywalker saga, but this really is a chapter of the Skywalker saga. Because right now, seven and eight feel loosely attached to the saga that began with Anakin. Honestly, I think the most obvious answer is... Ray has to be somebody. And I think that the most obvious answer to making this rock solid Skywalker story is for Ray to be a Skywalker. And I know that's a really unpopular thing to say right now. I know that at some point everyone decided that they hated, hated, hated that idea. But they continually bring up the phrase Skywalker saga. And if Rey isn't a Skywalker, that's who this story is about. She is the Luke for this story. And if the Luke for this story is not a Skywalker, then it's not the Skywalker story anymore. Our chapter here is, now, if we're following a progression, I still, they're saying last chapter of the Skywalker saga. I think they're really hammering that because they really want to begin trying to move into some other stories away from this. I still don't believe that they're going to leave this forever five ten years down the road they don't come back and go episode 10 everybody right there is money to be made on the skywalkers if they play their cards right there's an indefinite amount of money to be made and we know that that's what disney is in the business of doing is making money and that's the thing like right now i mean they've never made anything star wars that's not connected to the saga you know solo i mean solo is not directly connected but that character is directly connected right exactly it's not like we went and made this movie about this guy we weren't familiar with we made it with who uh, the character who often comes up as the favorite character from the original trilogy right you know, in, in polls all the time, Han Solo lands as the number one character, the most liked character. Right. So, because I think for most people that that's the guy they want to relate to. That's that's the one, this free-spirited rogue who, who goes where he wants and does what he wants. Right. I mean, Luke, he's he's a real straight shooter at least in the original trilogy. And most people like to see themselves a little more morally ambiguous than that. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, obviously, Rey being a Skywalker would be a significant step. Unless this really isn't the end of the, the story, and this really is a reflection of the prequels, and, and, and Kylo's bad. Right. And that the next chapter... That somewhere somehow we get another 
Skywalker in the line that rises up to challenge him. But I think they're already doing that story with Ray. And, and so that's why it doesn't make sense unless we come full circle. And I still wish they would have gone the route. I, I really wanted Ray to be a Kenobi. Yeah. It made, it made a lot of sense. And it, it really brought a, I, I know a lot of people, including people that we own on the show. I mean, Daniel is adamant that his favorite thing about episode eight, because he really doesn't like episode eight that much, but right. his favorite thing about eight, is that Ray is nobody. Right. But that's really not anything new. Anakin was a nobody. Oh, yeah. He was the ultimate nobody. I mean, really. And Luke was nobody as far as anybody knew. Right. I mean, when Luke shows up, he's definitely nobody. He lives on a moisture farm in the middle of nowhere, doesn't even have parents. Parents are just gone. Hmm. I mean, that's pretty much the ultimate nobody scenario. Right. So the nobody becoming somebody is kind of the... The trope. Right. I mean, and unless she is another Force child, like Anakin was... I mean, that's the thing, is is we know that the Force has a will of its own. Right. Like, you know, the cosmic Force has a will, that it has this, this plan. Right. And so if we want to go back to the Mortis arc... Mm-hmm. If Anakin was the chosen one right. and his and his purpose was to accept the, the role, role of the balance, the role of the balance, the keeper, the, the one to keep balance between the light and the dark. And he refused it. So if we want to go that route, then, yeah, you need to have a new chosen one rise up to fill that. I mean, and so she could be a Skywalker in more of a... Um spiritual sense dare i say rather than necessarily being descended from anakin but she could be if the the same sort of entity that he was if the skywalker sagas if the if the overarching purpose of the skywalker saga is this idea of the chosen one which you know if they've never let go right if that is in fact the Skywalker saga is this story of, of this prophecy. Then, yeah, there are a number of ways that that can be fulfilled. Right. I mean, the most recent mention of the chosen one in any Star Wars stuff, as far as new continuation, is, is Obi Wan telling Maul that, that Luke, Luke is the that chosen Luke one. is the chosen one. So here's what if. And I, I've heard some variation on this, but it, it could also stand to reason that Luke is the balance and Kylo is the dark and Ray is the light. Yeah, I actually, uh, I really like that idea. I really, I love the idea. I, if mm-hmm. I could, if I could draw, drawing is one of those skill sets that if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And uh Unfortunately, I quit drawing when I graduated, and I can no longer draw. <laughs> um, so all that art school going to waste. If if I could draw, I, I really wanted to recreate, and I'm sure somebody's done it at this point. Yeah. Um, that that image of the father and the son and the daughter. But I really love the idea. But I really have some doubts that mm-hmm. in a movie. That they're yeah. going to go that deep into this really mystical element. But they don't necessarily have to. They If they just set it up that way, they don't have to necessarily delve into all of the weirdness of it in a movie. Does that make sense? It does. But it's like, can you really, like, if you're going to go there, you got to go there. Okay. Like, because you have so many people. I mean, a lot of people watch The Clone Wars. But when you look at the the total of people that watch these movies, mm-hmm. because for some people, for most people, the movies are Star Wars. Right. Oh, for sure. Which is why you, you're only ever going to get so much in books. Right. You get a lot of stories about characters, but you're not going to get these as many of the grand stories because they right. want to put those on film because exactly. that's the biggest audience. Right. And... You know, I'm sure if characters, new characters in books really... Gain enough traction. Gain enough traction that they will appear in movies. 
but there are a lot of people that have never seen the Mortis arc and have no idea what we're right. talking about. Right. Because and I know that because there were a lot of people when Rebels really started getting into the Mortis stuff. Right. They went, What is going on? Right. You know, my dad was one of those where he said Your dad never watched the Clone Wars? He had watched some of it, but he had never seen the Mortis arc. And okay. he said, you know, and I asked him what he thought about those episodes on Rebels. He was like, It was really cool, but I have no idea what was happening. <laughs> yeah. At which point I said, Well, you need to go back and watch this episode, you know, the this set of episodes right. to understand it. Right. You know, this was part of Filoni's grand design for right. what the balance was. Uh, well, actually, not Filoni's. That was George Lucas. Well, no, yeah. That was definitely George Lucas, but Filoni was the one. Filoni's interpretation. Right. And Filoni's the one that finished the vision right. with, with Rebels. Right. Uh, it is. I think it is worth noting, though, that that whole concept was firmly set in place by George Lucas back whenever he was still running all things Lucasfilm. Right. You know, that that idea, that sort of yeah. view of the balance is very much him. George Lucas does not get enough credit for Clone Wars. No, no. Uh, because a lot of people look at it and go, Dave Filoni. Right. Dave Filoni did great things, but that's really where Dave Filoni learned to write Star Wars. Right. Was was sitting I mean, there in meetings with George Lucas and talking right. these things out. Who That's it seems why. was kind of a micromanager even for Clone Wars. Yeah. From from all accounts. Oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he was a micromanager for everything. Which is um, probably why he eventually sold it because you well, can only and, and honestly it, it appears so that you know as they were doing the Clone Wars that Filoni was one of the only people he was really willing to work with. Right. As far as like taking ideas and concepts right who knows but i mean going there kind of if we want to see the fulfillment of the prophecy mm -hmm. that would certainly tie it to to the originals to the saga i would be okay with that as an answer i'm really hoping for a lot of luke's involvement yeah. if luke is heavily involved in helping Ray recreate the Jedi right. Order, then then maybe we'll go with th it. then well yeah because if and, and then the new Jedi Order is still his legacy, right? And if that's the case, I'm I'm still and, and the whole thing with Ben is hard because I'm really conflicted on that. Part of me wants to see him redeemed, but part of me wants to see them take a guy that's bad and leave him bad. We had two villains in the original. We had Vader and Palpatine. And we did see Palpatine. Palpatine was just wicked right. from the beginning. As far uh -huh. as we've ever seen, he was always wicked. Right. Presumably. Didn't actually start that way, but he certainly did as far as we ever saw. Vader was always your major protagonist. Right. And Palpatine was kind of the puppet master. Right. Um, so. Well, they've killed off Ben's puppet master now. Right. Um, in so theory, I mean, there's him? a lot of, there's a lot of theories that Snoke's either not dead or not. He's only what partially dead. So if they say the princess bride, mostly dead, mostly dead, <laughs> only mostly he's dead, only mostly dead. <laughs> there are a lot of theories. There's been a lot of talk about clones and, and stuff like that. Oh no, not clones. We don't want to see clones. Well, Snoke. see, there's a mention and I, that's in the first one. Uh, oh, that's what that's some of the squabbling between Kylo Ren and, ah, uh, that's right. What's his name? Hux. Hux, yeah, and General Hux. That's one of their squabbling about, you know, well, whenever Finn goes rogue, they're like, well, maybe your brainwashed stormtroopers aren't so good. Maybe we should have clones again. They're kind of going back and forth doing that little right. song and dance. Yeah, and, you know, of course, we saw all that with the, they kind of gave us a little more on the stormtrooper program recently in Resistance. Right. Where apparently it's, they're not just trained. I mean, the idea that I had from the movies was that they're just raised from a very early age mm -hmm. and taught and taught to think a certain way. But they're not. When they're in actually... reality, they're, I mean, that that is part of it. Right. But in reality, they're programmed. This is like Nazi mind manipulation programming because right. they talk about, they think something's wrong with one of the, with one of the stormtroopers and they're like, oh, sending for reprogramming. Right. Wipe his brain. So, you know, as far as that goes, you kind of wonder if maybe we won't see them somehow. So what is wrong with Finn? Like, is, 
I mean, seriously, something went seriously wrong if my manipulation of that magnitude, if he, if he managed to override that. He's not just going against his training. He's going actually against his brainwashing. Right. And that's significant. Yeah, I, the Finn character has always been one that I've had mixed feelings about because I really like John Boyega. I really like what he's done with the character, but there's some disconnect between his backstory and the character we see. Right. At, at least in my opinion. I mean, other people may see it differently. I don't see anything about him that makes me go, man, this guy's really damaged. Right. Because he either ought to still be having issues with the things that he's been programmed to believe. There ought to still be some conflict there, or he ought to be, like, seriously messed up. Although, honestly, I mean, we've seen him, what, for two whole days? Most people True. can fake not all that messed up for two days. We've really seen him in action a very short amount of time. So, anyway, we kind of trailed away from our uh, our major topic here. but it's true. So, is there anything other than Ray being a Skywalker? Of some that, description. Of some, in some way, shape, or form, you know, from, from a certain point of view. Is there anything else that they could do that would make this feel more fully part of the Skywalker saga? They could bring Anakin back. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, we brought Yoda back. If we can bring Yoda back... I think that we can definitely bring Anakin back. If we're making a big thing about this being the end of the Skywalker, what to do? I think we need to bring it a little full, full circle. I, I do. I agree. And that's why I've, I've said pretty much since we walked out of the theater from seeing The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. I've been saying, I need to see Anakin confront Kylo. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I really, really thought when they announced Hayden Christensen... For the last celebration in Orlando, I was like, that's it. We are seeing this guy in the next Star Wars movie. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I knew it for sure. But I was wrong. He is coming to celebration again. So here we are again. No doubt about it, love. <laughs> He's definitely going to be in the next movie. Right. This is not wishful thinking at all. Unfortunately, there's been no indication that he's been involved in the project. Yeah. But if he's a force, you know, doing a force ghost, we don't even have to see him. Right. He can just go in a recording studio in L.A. Or for that matter, he can go to a film studio in L.A. And for a couple of days and shoot two scenes. Right. So In front of a green screen. So Heaven knows be, he's done enough green screen. It would be very easy to keep this one secret. And clearly right. there are some things they're really... J.J. Abrams closely. loves his secrets, and he loves to pull out surprise characters. He does. He I mean, well, he loves secrets, but I mean, even for Abrams, this one has been, mm -hmm. I, I don't know of any movie that's ever had security quite like this one. He brought out Khan for the second Star Trek movie, you know, like he... He probably still says he's not Khan. Probably, because <laughs> J.J. Abrams lies. I don't know if he regularly lies, but like once he did that, everybody was like, we're never going to believe you again whenever you're on a press tour. That was it. He destroyed his credibility forever. Well, that was his big surprise. And the fact that people latched onto it so quickly was, you know, they did everything they could to deny it. But right. everybody was pretty sure mm -hmm. that, that it was Khan. And I feel like it would be a similar kind of moment if you had Anakin Skywalker show up, you know, at this point. You're really, really one of your, probably your most iconic Star Wars character that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we saw Well, Luke. we already have, we have rumors and have had rumors for a while that Palpatine is going to in some way, shape or form appear in this movie. That would be interesting. And I, I still think that that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. I still, because this is still, this is still Palpatine's plan. And we all know that he has a very long plan and that it's devious because he is an evil son of a gun. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this has been his plan since before we met him in The Phantom Menace. Right. This, this has been this long game that he's been playing. Mm -hmm. And the Aftermath books basically lay out the reset button for if, if we fail this time, how do we start over? And so this is still his, his long-term plan. So having him show up in some way right. really makes sense because... Well, especially if kind of the indications that he dropped that he may have been the manipulator behind the creation 
of Anakin Skywalker in the first place. If he's still manipulating things, then you could make a pretty good case that it's, you know, the Skywalker saga kind of come back around. Of course, then we might have to start calling it the Palpatine saga. <laughs> well, you know, it's what if Anakin's fall, what if his, what if Palpatine's manipulation of the midichlorians, supposing that is what happened, mm-hmm. supposing that he played a hand, if not creating Anakin, then in, then at least in manipulating him mm-hmm. from from the beginning, still in the womb. What if that was his attempt to to alter the prophecy? So like this child is the chosen one, but if I can corrupt him, right, then I can swing the, the whole pendulum. the whole pendulum to the dark. Mm-hmm. So Anakin may have been the chosen one, but unable to fulfill the prophecy. Right. Although, I mean, if force ghosts are a thing, is there anything to say that he? can't still who anakin now that he's even if he's not in a corporeal form is there anything to say that he still can't be the balance no i i mean as far as that that stuff goes as far as the mortis stuff goes i you know if his his essence still exists then yeah sure he could he could play the role of the balance at, mm-hmm. still at this point yeah it could be anakin that's manipulating the events now it could be Anakin that that called to Ray. Ooh, or he could be the one who manipulated the the midichlorians to make Ray. That's that's what I'm going with. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's my new favorite theory. She doesn't have to actually be a Skywalker. She just has to be like created by by the Skywalker. Well, you know, we have we have darkness and Ben. So what if it was you know if if Ray is a another Force child, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, there then. Maybe Anakin is, at this point, acting as the balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we already had the lines from Snoke about, you know, great, dark, light rises to meet it. Right. Maybe she was actually created to counter. Yeah, so maybe she's not the new chosen one. Rather, she is the light. She's got a little bit of dark in her, though. Yeah. I mean, but she definitely... she. On that island, she went to the dark. Yeah, you know, she went right there, and that's that's what Luke freaks out so about about is that she goes there. But of course, that being said, Kylo still the light still pulls at him. Right. So just because the light pulls at him doesn't mean that he's not dark, and just because the dark pulls at her doesn't mean that she's not light. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luke was always a light side character, mm-hmm. except when he cut himself off from the Force. So even right. when he did that, Luke was not—he was not a—he uh, was not a Sith. I mean, he didn't or a dark Force user. He—he he, he was just not a Force user anymore. Right. But with the Skywalkers, we've always seen this kind of duality. Right. Where they—they felt the pull from both the light and the dark. We don't necessarily have to believe that that's a thing that's tied directly to the Skywalkers. I right. mean, Lots it's of kind Jedi of it's kind of a thing, you know. Even good people mm-hmm. feel compelled to do things for a whole host of reasons right. that are less than savory. Anyway, that that's kind of our thoughts on, on the Skywalker saga and this being the last chapter. And if you have any other thoughts, we'd love to see them. So please tweet them to us. Um, some of the other things we had going on this week, we had Oscar Isaac interviewed on the today show well and that was the that was he was the one who said yeah the end of the skywalker saga and he's the one who started that whole conversation up again right because you know nobody had said that for you know like a whole couple of months now so right of course the the interview was great because was that the same interview where he talked about kind of getting upstaged on his last day of filming by uh, Anthony, Anthony Daniels. Daniels. Right. It wasn't the same interview. I don't think. Okay. It was a different interview. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We'll miss you. Oh, and Anthony Daniels. Oh, and no, everybody really cares. That, right. that That's pretty funny. Um, and of course we had this stuff with Matt Smith who may or may not be in this movie. It's been rumored that he was in it. It's been rumored that he was a young Palpatine. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's been all sorts of rumors. Yeah. Except that he was, the rumors about him came out after the official cast announcements. Right. And. If he's in it, they don't want us to know. Because somebody asked him point blank, are you going to be in Star Wars? And he said, 
as far as I know, I definitely will not be. Right. But what does that mean? Right. From what point of view is this true? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's possible that he wasn't named in the cast list. It's possible he was brought on late to do a voice. Right. That's true. It's or all, maybe he's just a character. It's also possible that he's doing something mm-hmm. like Simon Pegg did, where he's just oh, right. a guy in a suit just because he wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. Right. Or Not just Simon Pegg, but a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. But I mean, Simon Pegg actually had a, a right. fairly important role. But, right. And it's, it's also possible that... He's lying. Well, it's also possible that he's just not allowed to say. Mm-hmm. I always feel kind of sorry for these people, you know? I mean... I don't. I, people asking them all the time, like... <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, like trying to just be like, mm, don't know anything. Nope. Oh, that would be the most fun to keep that secret. Yeah. Apparently not if you're uh, the kid who plays Spider-Man, though. He's <laughs> not good at keeping secrets. <laughs> no, Tom Holland does not keep secrets. <laughs> He's like Floki on Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Asked Floki, can you go? Oh, it was uh, Siggy says... Can you keep a secret? And he just giggles and says, no. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't know about Matt Smith, but the rumors, you know, who knows? I mean, he's saying he's not in it or he's kind of saying he's not in it. As far as I know. It's a weird way to answer that question Uh Uh, because, you know, he didn't just say no. Yeah, he was. As far as I know, I'm definitely not like, (laughs) well, what is that even supposed to mean? Right. Like, as far as I know, I'm not, or I'm definitely not. I mean, like, yeah. So we had, I'm suspicious. Right. So (laughs) we had a little bit of stuff. Warner Herzog, who is going to be in the Mandalorian. Right. We now know that he will play some sort of villain. Like, I don't think that it's, I don't think he's like the overarching villain of Mm -hmm. the story, but he's, he's a bad guy. Right. With a name like Werner Herzog, you kind of expect that person to be back. <laughs> well, that's mostly, cast as a mostly bad guy. what he's done as far as he's a movie director. He's he's got some acting credits and most of them are his villains. Right. So it's not a it's not a surprise that he's playing a villain. Mm-hmm. The real question is is what kind of villain is he playing? Hmm. Like, is he another is he a Does bounty he hunter? Does he have a British accent? No. Okay, well then he's probably not Imperial. <laughs> So the the idea is, I've seen several ideas thrown around. I've mm-hmm. seen that he could be a bounty hunter, because we know IG-88 is in this. Mm-hmm. So right. maybe some because of the we, other... Why do we know that IG-88 is in it? Because John Favreau picture. keeps sending us pictures. I know, of Taika Waititi and Well, IG-88. I mean, we had pictures of IG-88 well before that picture. Yeah, but now that's the one. That's the big one. This right. So, yeah, it looks like Taika Waititi is going to be playing uh, IG-88 or at least an IG robot. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like I, until I hear it in my head, he's just Korg. Right. And I, I'm not going to be able to hear anything different <laughs> until I see it. Yeah. Until I'm actually watching the show uh-huh. and, and and see what the voice sounds like. I'm assuming it's going to be processed. So probably. It's probably. Although I really want to see somebody like cut Korg's lines into an animation of IG-88. And he'd oh, be yeah. like, hey guys, like I haven't got the skills to do that, but somebody does and it <laughs> needs to happen. So we know he's playing a villain. So some are think maybe he could be playing uh, Bosk or one of the other bounty hunters, mm, assuming yeah. that those bounty hunters Is are going to show up. Is the, uh, the, the lizard, lizard guy? Yeah. Okay. So I think as far as the other ones that people want to see show up, right. that he's really high on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much you've got, of the ones that were on the Star Destroyer with Vader, Bosk, IG-88, and uh, probably Dengar are the ones that I think people right. would probably be the m- most excited to see show up. So he could be playing a bounty hunter. I, my personal suspicion is that, that he's going to play a Mandalorian. I mean, I think that's reasonable. I mean, we, we know that we're going to see, we're seeing real Mandalorians in live action for the first time. Which is super awesome. And we know that the Mandalorians have been divided into factions Mm -hmm. for years. And so if there's an opposing faction there, then yeah, he, that, that's what makes, if we need a minor villain, Mm -hmm. then yeah, we got the head of a a local, you know, of a, of an opposing group of Mandalorians. Yeah. An opposing clan. We got lots of clans running around. I still, I, I want to see, like, I don't care when it happens, but at some point in the Mandalorian, I want Daniel Logan as Boba Fett. The end. 
right? I, I mean, I want to see this. If they don't take advantage of the fact that Daniel Logan is the right age to be Boba Fett right now, then they're making a mistake. Right. Well, I still, I still want to see. It, I still want to reveal that Boba Fett. And of course, I'm not going to go into this again because we've done this on at least two episodes previously. Mm-hmm. But I really still want to see. Boba Fett and Jango brought in, you know, it revealed that they are in fact Mandalorians. Yeah. Um, I know that Lucas was against that. Mm-hmm. But Lucas ain't holding the reins no more. So we can have our way now. Well, I, I mean, for a long time, I was okay with the fact, but well, before we knew about Jango. Right. With Boba, I was okay with the fact that he's just this guy that wears Mandalorian armor. Right. Although in the legends, he was a Mandalorian, okay, or at right. least, or at least, he was from a Mandalorian-controlled planet, right? Which he still is in the Jango Fett's from Concord Dawn, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, well, it makes sense if but they're Mandalorian going Mandalorian space is dozens of worlds, if right. not hundreds of worlds. I mean, but if you're going after a ideal fighting specimen, who better to get than? Not just a random bounty hunter, but a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Right. I mean, well, in the the Mandalorian that denied that Django was a Mandalorian were right. from kind of the upper crust right. of Mandalorian society, and so if you have this guy that's kind of out there on the fringe, and he's decided to basically become a mercenary and mm-hmm. sold his his soul to right, and, yeah, then yeah, I, I can see them denying him. So I still think that Django's story. Is way way better if mm-hmm. if, if he's he a, a if he's a Mandalorian. I think you're right. And that he finally that him on behalf of all Mandalorians finally took revenge on the Jedi. Yeah, Boba Fett. No, Jango. Oh, Jango Fett. Oh, because that, of the war Jango, back in the but, day. Right, because you have the the Jedi Mandalorian wars mm-hmm. where the Mandalorians lost. Right. And so if it was a clone or thousands of clones hmm. of a Mandalorian that finally wiped out the Jedi. He was probably on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that. So, uh, what do they call that? We're watching series of unfortunate events. Dramatic irony. That, yeah. And they were telling us, and we call this dramatic irony. That's what we call. So I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. that he's a Mandalorian. Whether we'll ever get that or not, I don't know. But I really hope that he shows up in this show. He's the right age. It's kind of yeah. like I feel about Obi-Wan. It's like... But if he shows up in this, it's to let us know that he's a Mandalorian. Yeah. I think I think that's reasonable. Um, if he's not a Mandalorian, if they're sticking with that, then he's not showing up in this show. Yeah. It's the same reason that there's a, a possibility that Sabine or some other member of Clan Wren could show up. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wouldn't we like to see like, you know, a middle-aged Sabine show up? Bad yeah, well, attitude. I mean, we we got there was a a picture somewhere that they thought that some armor resembling Sabine's was seen on set. Hmm. That doesn't mean that she's in it. It may just be something sitting in the background of a shot, right? It also could be the Clan Wren armor looked just like hers, except hers was more brightly colored. Right. It could be at this point that the Clan Wren colors have just become more brightly colored. We could right. see members of Clan Wren without seeing, seeing Sabine her. herself. We could see her brother. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think that's more likely. Yeah, probably. Because I don't think they're going to bring Sabine into this because then you start going, well, why is she there? Right. Like, what was the fallout? So what happened with like, Ezra? Well, because she leaves at, after Endor. Right. To go search for... Thrawn and Ezra. Right. Right. So the time gets real close there. Because mm-hmm. this is just a few years after Yeah, they Endor. probably want to leave that open. Because I think... So, but, you know, like I said, like story. her brother or some of the other members of Clan Wren could easily show up here. Right. And, and I really, with Filoni on board, I'll be kind of shocked if they don't do that. Yeah, he, he likes his characters. <laughs> yeah. He definitely has his pet characters. And I think he has his pet actors, too, that he's trying to find well, any excuse and, and he anytime, can to get Anytime that he can advance the story of one of his characters, he's going to do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's reasonable. Yeah. 
So if he has an opportunity to give us some insight into what happened with Clan Wren, yeah, then I suspect perfect, he's going to do that. It's the perfect venue to do it. Right. All right. So the last little bit of news we had, we had some stuff on, there were some rumors on the Benioff and Weiss series yeah. trilogy or single movie we're right. still not real sure there's been some really conflicting information rumors. on that uh-huh um you know hbo the hbo president of hbo came out and said yeah it's definitely a trilogy and then right. everybody kind of backpedaled and says he doesn't know what he's talking about right so who knows i still think it's a trilogy I, we kind of were led to believe it was a trilogy from the get-go right i, I don't know why they would not do a trilogy mm-hmm. if they've got an idea. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me to go introduce new characters. You're not going to go into a whole new period of time and do a standalone. I don't think. Right. You really need more than that to flesh out this time period. And right. then you can go from there with solo movies. Right. Yeah. Not Han Solo, but standalone <laughs> movies. Kind of solo movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> Although I'd be okay with another solo movie. But there was some talk that they're going to go. They didn't tell us exactly when. Of course, the rumors are going crazy that this whole Republic era. Right. Which. That's what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants. And as soon as they announced Benioff and Weiss, we all went, please go 3,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Right. and, And start giving us that material. Right. I mean, like we can see the... So, approximately, did they ever tell us when the Jedi-Mandalorian War was? I don't think in new canon. I don't think we have an exact year for that. We could see that Mandalorian Jedi they were talking about. That one Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, but that's Jedi. like 3,000 years or prior. That's way back. They could go that far back. Who cares? But if that's they're planning cool on sticking with anything along the original timeline... Just saying, Mandal- uh, Revan, Malik, it's about 3,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. Now, we don't know if they're going back that far. We've got rumors about a uh, Darth Bane TV series. It could be that right. that's a Darth Bane movie. Right. And that's going to be about 1,000 years before. Right. So, whatever it is, we were told the other day, through rumors, through whatever the source was, that... <laughs> The mysterious, mysterious, the mysterious unnamed source. Well, the the new the newest information out there is that it will be set significantly before the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. You know that could mean a hundred years. That's true. It doesn't have to be Old right. Republic, right? But it's it's going to be before. That's a good indication that they're right. going significantly before, right? I mean because. A hundred years before. Well, a hundred years got... before, we're essentially still looking at, because of the, the longevity of the Republic, yeah. if we're comparing the time of the prequels to the fall of Rome. Right. A hundred years before, you're really already seeing the crumbling infrastructure. Right, you know, the, yeah. Things are starting to fall apart. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rome didn't fall till what, 430? Or something like that. Like officially yes. the city was sacked. I mean, but like Rome had been fallen pretty much since Augustus died. So Right. So I don't think it'll be a hundred years before. It's really just a matter of how far before they what they're calling significantly. Right. Um the other rumor, the more exciting part of it, is that they're going to start filming this fall. Yeah. Which means we should get an announcement at celebration, celebration. in two weeks. Yep. And we've been wondering all for a while what our 2020, December 2020 movie would be. Mm-hmm. Some people thought, well, there's just not going to be one at this point because they hadn't announced one. But, right. you know, I told, we had a conversation about that a while back, a few, about a month ago, where you know, I said, you know, if they announce it at Celebration and then start casting immediately after, or they could already be casting, mm-hmm. if they start casting and are ready to film by late summer, early fall, then that's Mm -hmm. your December 2020 movie. Yep. So it sounds like at this point that the Benioff and Weiss trilogy is the next thing coming as far as theatrical release. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And and it sounds like we should start getting news on it soon. If, If it's not this, if this isn't the next thing, then they're going to announce something at Celebration because I don't believe for a second that they're going to let two years pass without a movie. 
No, I mean, they've been, they've worked really hard to get the ball rolling. Now they've got it going. I don't think they want to let it. All right. So the last thing I've got on my list here for this week is Marisha has finished uh, E.K. Johnson's new book, Queen's Shadow. I did. Yes, I I finished that while I was in Florida, not recording. I was, well, the main thing I was really looking for was, and spoiler alert, uh, inspirations for new costumes. Everyone's totally shocked by this. Um, I really enjoyed the book. I was a little disappointed because I don't think it's one I'll be reading um, with my nine-year-old. Currently, there's some... It was definitely, there was more uh, sexual content than I've ever seen in anything Star Wars ever. And it wasn't like graphic. It wasn't like reading Game of Thrones or anything. But there were definitely some, you know, and, you know, they rolled around and they started taking off clothes kind of conversations happening. And I'm not looking to read that with my nine-year-old. So that was kind of disappointing. I was kind of looking forward to reading that with her because that's such an important character for my girls. Um, it wasn't a, a book that really progressed the story of Star Wars at all. Did you ever watch all those deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith where they're sitting around having political conversations, you know, like in chambers with Mon Mothma and Bell Organa and Padme? Did you ever watch any of those things? I did, yeah. Okay. I thought those scenes were fascinating because I'm me. Apparently most people didn't because they cut them from the movie. That's what most of this book was centered around, was those okay. kind well, of intrigues. They cut most of those things for time. Right. Um, with those kinds of intrigues, those kinds of conversations, basically the transition from how does the 18-year-old girl who is queen of a old and well-established planet transition to being a cosmopolitan politician right um you know because in a lot of ways people are suspicious of her allegiance to naboo because uh, you know she really upset the balance of things when she called for a vote of no confidence in the chancellor she really was clearly um willing to sacrifice the stability of the senate for the good of her planet and so when she gets to coruscant People are very suspicious of her. And so kind of it's just her transition, really learning to grapple with those things, how to change her identity from the very regal, monotone uh, character that we see in episode one to the uh, much more worldly, well-spoken politician that we encounter whenever we get to episode two. Um, It's definitely worth a read. I really enjoyed it, especially if uh, Padme is your gal, which she definitely is for me. She's definitely one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters. So I really enjoyed the sort of insight into the sort of behind-the-scenes workings that go into creating the persona that she portrays. Because, I mean, we all know that that's what politicians are. They're the characters that they create. So the all of the the hair and the makeup and you know, the walk and the talk and all of these things she's crafting to present this certain image of herself. And of course, again, as somebody who's always been really into the clothes and the makeup and the hair, I'm really interested in that process. So it's definitely probably not a book for everybody, but it was, it was definitely a book for me. So the only other thing I had that I just wanted to mention, I don't know how many of people listening this might have actually watched it, but you saw it. It was the new episode of the of Schooled, which is the spinoff right. of the Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Adam Goldberg, who was the screenwriter for Fanboys. Right. So, you know, there's been so much in Star Wars and, and in really in, in a lot of fandoms where... Mm-hmm. You've just got people on both sides that just want to tear down and ruin the things that other people love. Right. And that episode of School mm-hmm. might have done the best job of really laying that out there and just saying, look, be good to each other. There's no point in destroying what someone else loves because you don't love it as much as they do. Right. And honestly, geez, I mean, just in general in life, if people could just latch on to that. 
Yeah. How much greater would the internet be? I mean, for reals. How much greater would my house be? My children wouldn't squabble. <laughs> but okay, no, I mean, I just thought, I thought that was a good, really, mm-hmm. a good episode that really kind of hit yeah. on a lot of things that are kind of going on. I mean, it was really kind of based around, the show set in the 90s, so it was really right. kind of about the prequels right? and the people that, that either loved or, or hated them. And yeah, it's just like, let people love the things right. they love. And, and then all of those who a little bit of both, a little bit of loved and a little bit of hated, but mostly loved. Right. <laughs> all right. But that's, uh, do you have anything else to add? I have some cool pictures of costumes from this book. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually I'll get around to posting them on Instagram. All right. Well, where can people find those when you post them? You can find them on Instagram. I am princesses and Padawans. And I can also be found on princessesandpadawans.com where I post, you know, once a year or so. But the things that I do post are super cool. But really, if you want to see what I'm doing, you can mostly just find me on Instagram. I have a Twitter too, but I don't like Twitter. So. Well, but your Twitter does repost your Instagram That's stuff. That's true. It does. So if, you, if you're on Twitter and not Instagram, then. I am P Padawans on Twitter. Right. Yes. All right. So. Where can we find you on the internet? You got to tell us it's important. All right. So you can find me at running the science fictionary and the, and of course not radio underground's Twitter feed at sci underscore fictionary. You can also find me on the science fictionary.com. Uh, we're trying to get that back going. Robbie has a new article up. Go check it out. Let us know what you think about it. He's a trip. And, and you can find me on our other podcast that we do with tiny people with our daughter and currently our daughter our niece and nephew yes and we call that one is uh the padawan report and if you look for the padawan report logo in our podcast list you'll find those episodes Uh, we'll hope you'll check those out you should because they're so cute y'all they say the cutest stuff and i'm not at all partial once again and uh that's going to do it for this week we hope you enjoyed the episode we'll see you next week and until then may the force be with you (laughs) you <laughs>